Hello, hello. Once again, this week, we have several guests on the podcast. This week, however, we are focusing on some of the more positive stories we came across the past few weeks, some stories of goodwill and some stories of altruism, just highlighting parking professionals and parking companies that are doing some really cool, noble things during this crisis. And if you have some more good news of your own, please visit parkingcast.com and then click on the contact link and share that with us so we can get you on the podcast. I hope you all are staying safe, staying sheltered, and I hope you enjoy this latest episode of the Parking Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the largest and leading association of parking and mobility professionals in the world. Visit parking-mobility.org slash stay connected to access free resources, including professional development and transitional memberships for industry professionals affected by COVID-19 changes. Hello and welcome to The Parking Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the $100 billion parking industry and the people that make it go. I'm your host, Isaiah Mao, and this is The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. And next on the podcast, we have Mark DeLaverne, Chief of Mobility Innovation at the City of Detroit. How are you doing today, Mark? Good. Thanks for having me. Detroit's one of my favorite cities. My dad's from there, so I breathe and live Lions, Tigers, Pistons, and Michigan Wolverines. So glad you've had a rough, rough go of it. (laughs) I have. I I live off the 2003 Pistons uh, championship, and that's about it. So, but yeah, you're so you're chief of mobility innovation, and man, you guys have really been innovating as of late. So I wanted to talk about this new initiative that the city just announced, where the city will help facilitate picking up residents to take them for testing. So can you talk a little bit about that and the role the mobility office played in that? Yeah, sure. So I'm going to actually start from a little bit before we started getting up and going. The mayor saw early on that testing was going to be a really important part of um, this entire process, both understanding the issue as well as how we, we move forward. So we started our own testing site. It's a regional testing site. We're doing about a thousand tests a day. So we basically build it from scratch, drive through, everything like that. Once we got the site up and running, you know, then we sort of saw that you know, it's a drive-through testing site and you had to have a vehicle to, to go to it. And, you know, there's a lot of folks in the city, for whatever reason, don't have access to a vehicle or can't drive. So we, we wanted to be able to make sure that every single Detroiter has access to a test and has access to the site. So in addition to really expanding the amount of providers and, and making sure that, you know, even if folks don't have insurance, that they can get a prescription for a test, we wanted to be able to provide a ride. So we quickly spun up a service working with and Telluride, our vendor, as well as with a few taxi cabs um, that will essentially, when you make your appointment, when you need transportation, you let us know, and we will pick you up for the appointment, take you through the test, take you home, and get the vehicle cleaned afterwards. So it's a, you know, a safe, affordable ride for, for anybody in the city to make sure everybody here can get tested if they need to. Wow, what a great story. Is, is that, and just out of curiosity, is that testing center on like a, a parking lot or parking garage, or where, where is that taking place? It's uh, at the old state fairgrounds, so it's, yep. it's a gigantic site. So you know we've gone from 300 tests the first day. I think we're shooting to do a thousand today. We'll probably be at 1,500, 2,000 at some point. So it's, it gives us a lot of ability to expand. So it's again just something you know we've we've spun a lot of stuff up out of nothing, and the, the testing site being the, the big piece of it. I don't know of any other cities that are doing this. Maybe you do, but any advice for? Other cities that would want to do something like this? Any roadblocks you incurred or anything that yeah. they could take notice? I mean, I think that the biggest thing is just making sure 
you're you're keeping the driver safe. You know, we're we're providing PPE to the drivers as well as the passengers. Uh, we're providing the cleaning service. So we're we're trying to sort of make sure that we can kind of fill all the gaps that exist from just like a traditional service of, of providing rides to folks. No, that's great. And again, my family's from Michigan, from Detroit. So, uh, so proud of what Detroit's doing, proud of what you're doing and keep up the great work, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Next up, we have Jeff Perkins, who's the chief marketing officer with Park Mobile to discuss a recent Park Mobile initiative, Support Your Community. Welcome back to the Parking Podcast, Jeff, as you were on an earlier episode, but welcome back. Isaiah, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're excited to talk about this. So uh, we're focusing on goodwill, positive stories in an industry, and I was uh, blown away by the initiative Park Mobile has taken part of. I don't want to spoil it, so why don't you just jump right in and tell us about this support your community uh, charity partnership that you guys have come up with. Sure. Obviously, for a company like Park Mobile, this is a challenging time as it is for, for many companies in the industry, many cities. Uh, you know, people are just not parking today. And so at Park Mobile, we said, okay, what, what can we do? What role can we serve during this time? How can we support the industry? How can we support our communities? And we came up with this uh, really interesting idea where we know we have millions of people who have the Park Mobile app. And so we said, well, what if we enable those people to make a local charitable donation right through the app? And so we set up a program where you can go right into Park Mobile, enter a specific zone number, and then make a donation to one of five charities. And a few are local charities in a couple of our markets. Then we have one national charity. Uh, So here in Atlanta, where it's our corporate headquarters, we partnered with uh, an organization called The Giving Kitchen. And the Giving Kitchen is supporting uh, food service workers during this time. And we know that uh, food service workers are really uh, very hard hit by the pandemic. Uh, a lot of restaurants are closed or going out of business, laying off restaurant staff. So we are uh, raising money for the Giving Kitchen. You just go into the Park Mobile app, enter zone 101, and you could donate anywhere from a dollar to $50. Uh, and you just do it right through the app. And 100% of those proceeds are going to the Giving Kitchen. And Park Mobile is also going to match a portion of whatever we raise. So it's a really, I think, um, a great program. We're also doing it in New Orleans. We're doing it in Denver and Washington, D.C. with local charities. And then we're doing uh, a national push for the charity Feeding America. And they operate local uh, food banks in cities across the country. So you have multiple options for your donations, and it's just a quick, easy way to give a little bit of money to help uh, a great local cause. Yeah, and I'll put the zone numbers in the show notes because it's, it's pretty easy. I went on the app to, to explore and look around. And, and one thing that I've been blown away with is how quickly companies are able to, to pivot or to pull something off like this. So it, it just seems like this has been rolled out for maybe a week or two now, but how long did that take from the idea to launching something like this? It really took uh, a little under a week to get it up and running and wow. to the market. So we, um, you know, fortunately we already have the, the infrastructure set up, right? We know how to take payments, process payments. It's very easy for people to go in and uh, enter a zone number. You still have some things in the app which says start parking. So some things we couldn't quite change, but I think people understand how to do this. And we've already raised several thousand dollars. So clearly it's working and we will continue to raise money through the month of April. But yeah, I mean, when you, 
when things happen, you know, in the country, in the world, in your city, it's really important that all of us jump in and do our part and help wherever we can to make an impact on the community. Yeah. So kudos to Part Mobile for for pivoting and pulling something off like that in just under a week. That's that's great news, man. And yes, yeah, so I was going to ask what the what the results have been so far, what the reception has been. I've seen a lot of uh, people impressed by this and glad to see the funds are already there and that Park Mobile will be matching a portion of that. So, and how can listeners read more about this or just learn more about Park Mobile in general? So the best way to, to learn more and get involved is just go to the Park Mobile website. That's parkmobile.io. Uh, all the information is right there with quick links off the homepage. You could also go to our social media channels, uh, but all the information is posted. So please uh, check it out spread the word and help us make an impact in communities across the country. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Jeff, for joining. All right. Thanks, Isaiah. Next up, we have Kim Fernandez, Director of Publications at IPMI, on to discuss some good things IPMI is doing to lead the way during the COVID-19 crisis. How are you doing today, Kim? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. And Kim, you're one of my favorite people in this industry. You are the the word alchemist. I sent you a bunch of uh, not so well-written articles over the years, and you always seem to make me sound smart and, and eloquent. So thank you for all you, the work you've done with my articles over the years. Well, just for the record, your articles are always fantastic. And <laughs> I appreciate that they normally come with a book recommendation. So that keeps me out of trouble in the free time. Hey, that's, that's what I'm here for. That's funny. All right. So one thing in particular, though, I wanted to talk about, we, we had IPMI on the, on the podcast a few weeks ago. But I want to talk about the resume exchange. A lot of professionals mm-hmm. have unfortunately been laid off during this crisis. And I really like this. I think it's free right now for, for all, all members uh, where they can share their resume and then the career center as well where they can post jobs. And you guys are trying to connect the dots here and get people back to work. So can you tell a little bit about how users can find that and a little bit about that? Absolutely. So it's really important to us that we make as many connections as possible between our fantastic people and our fantastic member companies. Everybody is looking for the best fit, and we think there are a lot of ways to accomplish that. We set up the resume exchange on Forum, which is at forum.parking-mobility.org. If you go into the site, you'll see the main member forum, and then you'll see the resume exchange. Members can go into the resume exchange, upload their resume as a document, and then in their post, they can expound on what their qualifications are and what they're looking for. While they're in there, we would encourage them to go into their personal profile and import their LinkedIn information and then add any other information that might be pertinent. And what can happen then is employers who have positions open can go in and search and they can search both the resumes and the posts for specific keywords. And we're hoping that'll be a great way for people to match up with the right opportunities and the right companies. Um, and then we also, of course, have our Career Center. That's at parking-mobility.org slash Career Center. And that's where any of our members can post job openings for free. It's a member benefit. And then we share those job openings on all of our social platforms. So we're trying to really spread the word about what's available and who's available. Oh, beautiful. Well done. Kudos to IPMI. So many cool things you're doing. I love the good news. I think you did an email blast or you have a section of the website that focuses on good news stories. That's what I'm focusing on this podcast. So I, I, I reached out to a lot of the folks that were recognized. You're also doing shop talks. I think you guys did a round. I think they were so successful. So are you guys doing them on a, a repeat schedule for the time being? We are doing them. Um, we have 
three on the books right now for the rest of April. They're in the calendar section of our website, and any member or industry member can register for those for free. And what they are is a moderated conversation about what's going on in the industry related to COVID-19. So we've had several for um, universities and colleges, and we had one for airports. We have a few more coming up. Some are sector-specific, some are topic-specific, and some are just open to whatever people would like to talk about. So I would strongly encourage people to sign up for those. They're done on Zoom. We would love for you to turn on your video so everyone can see you, and it's like a face-to-face conversation. And then we do make the recordings available afterwards for people who've registered and can't make it. Yeah, that was surreal for me. Attending, I attended a municipal one, and having the cameras on, it really felt like you were at a conference doing a shop talk. It was pretty impressive to see everyone connect and hear their thoughts. That's great stuff, Kim. Thank you. Thank you, IPMI. What's the best way to, quote unquote, stay connected for, for all things IPMI related? We have a website, parking-mobility.org slash stay connected. And that's where we're posting everything, all the upcoming events, our professional development offerings that we're offering at no charge right now different transitional membership options for people who are in between jobs and would like to remain members and and still take advantage of all those member benefits. We also have our COVID-19 Information Clearinghouse, which is a section of curated resources for people for COVID-19. We update that every day. And then honestly, a great way to stay connected is to start writing for us, get your name published, get your name out there. Any IPMI member, including transitional members, are welcome to write for the blog or the magazine, and they could just get in touch with me directly about doing that. Actually, yeah, I did not even think about that when a lot of people have some extra time on their hands or just going stir crazy, need that creative outlet. I highly recommend it. It did a lot for my career. Just I started, I think that was the first step. I just wrote an article and then eventually got thrown onto a committee because I wrote some articles and now I'm an expert and uh, got to write some chapters and books and just kept, kept growing. It all started with taking a stab at some of those articles. And that's the thing. If you have an idea, just get it on paper. Kim's going to make you sound great. Get the idea over. <laughs> it's going to come across great. Okay, Kim, you recently published a blog post about five tips for working from home now that everyone is working from home. Do you remember five of those bullet points you could share with our listeners? I do. So the first one, I'm going to combine two of them into one. The first one that I would say is claim a workspace and set a schedule. Decide where you're going to work, set it up for your optimal work style, make yourself comfortable, make it production, productive, and then set yourself a schedule and let the people who are sharing your home know when your work hours are and that that's when you're working, you're not available to be doing other things. It also helps focus your mind during those hours once you get into the schedule. The second thing I would say is make some investments in equipment. I have a a really nice scanner, copier, printer that makes a world of difference. I don't have to fight with it all the time. And I have a great Bluetooth headset for my phone. It's just a lot more comfortable than trying to bend over the iPhone all the time. And get a webcam if if you don't have, and get a webcam if you don't have one built into your laptop. Absolutely. The face-to-face digital environment is critical right now. So I would say definitely beg or borrow for a webcam if you can. I know they're hard to come by Yeah, I could not get one. You're correct. Yeah. The third is decide how you are going to communicate with your coworkers. IPMI, we work from home a lot. We're very flexible. So we're kind of used to this. One of the things that you have to be mindful of is interrupting other people during their most productive times. 
we're all very good about texting each other first. Can I call you? Do you have a minute? When can I talk with you for a second? It's not as much of an interruption if someone's really into something at that moment. And we do a lot of communicating over text, email, and Zoom as well. So once you, you sort of set that up, there are clear expectations for the ways you're going to communicate. I would also say figure out reasons to move around and take breaks during the day. Just because you have a schedule doesn't mean you should be sitting in that chair for eight hours. It's not good for you. So find a reason to get up and move around. I try to get up about once an hour. I go fill my water glass, take a dog out, whatever I can do. Ten minutes every hour. And the last thing I would say is try to minimize your distractions. You know, it's really easy to fall into the trap of, well, I'm just going to stream this while I'm working, or I'm just going to watch this show that I never get to see. But it really does sort of split your brain in half, and you will not be as productive. So leave TV time for TV time and, and work during work time, and you'll be a lot happier and more productive. And that's well put. And yeah, I can't agree with you more, especially try to keep the same schedule. So I try to wake up the same time and I got in the habit of working out during lunch. So I tried to, to keep doing that, even though I'm working out from my garage or running around the mm -hmm. neighborhood, I still try to do it at lunchtime just to keep that, that schedule, keep that sanity. And it's harder because it all blurs, blurs together, weekends, weekdays, nights. So you've got to learn to shut it off. I would even argue I work more from home because you know at, at five when everyone's leaving, lights are shutting off, you feel the kind of the pressure to get on the road, get home. And here, mm -hmm. I just can't seem to turn it off. So just try to keep that, keep that schedule. That's all great stuff. Kim, what are you reading these days? What's by your, uh, your bed right now that you've been reading during, during this time off? I am actually rereading some Richard Russo books because they're a very small town and they're very happy and they're fantastic distractions. And then Empire like everyone Falls? else, uh, Empire Falls is my favorite book of all time. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It, it's wonderful. So I'm reading those along with all the COVID-19 and, of course, a lot of parking brilliance. I love it. And I made the mistake of reading uh, The Great Influenza about the, the Spanish flu. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think I'd read, <laughs> I'd read something to get my mind off of, uh, off of this. But it was, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's pretty, pretty eye-opening. But all right, Cam, thank you so much for attending the podcast. Thanks for what IPMI is doing to lead the way and helping uh, people stay connected during this. Thanks for having me. So now that I've been a guest on the parking podcast, does that mean I'm officially a parking professional? You are now. I crown thee a parking professional. Gosh. I'm Day sure made. I would say with, cause I'm assuming every article that's ever been published in the last, what, eight, I don't know how long you've been there, eight, 10 years, nine, nine years you've read, correct? I have. You've edited. So I would say you probably have a, a more knowledge base than anyone in the industry, just from having to read word for word, every article out there. Well, now I'm official, so my day is completely made. It's official. You got, you got something special coming from the Parking Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining, Kip. Next up, we have Eugene Sirkovich, CEO of Parkopedia, on to discuss something really cool Parkopedia is doing. They've recently implemented a really cool initiative I want them to talk about. So welcome to the Parking Podcast, Eugene. Hi. Tell us more about this. How did this come about? What exactly does it do? I believe you're helping healthcare workers, social workers find free parking through the Parkopedia app. Tell us more about this initiative. Absolutely. So we, um, we are approached by British Parking Association, which is the equivalent of, uh, of NPA or IPI in the United States, um, who had the idea of launching a service that would allow uh, NHS staff to find free parking 
Um, NHS is, uh, is a national health service. It's the publicly funded healthcare system of the United Kingdom, established in 1948. Um, and obviously during the coronavirus um, pandemic, the ability to get staff to, um, to where they need to be uh, quickly and easily is, is critical. Um, NHS staff um, or NHS in general has also invited uh, or opened up, let's say, their service to the volunteers and over uh, three quarters of a million people have volunteered in the UK to help NHS uh, in the time of need. So the NHS existing parking facilities might not be, might not be able to deal with the increased load. So we're looking essentially at providing a service that will allow anyone who's working at NHS or volunteering for NHS uh, to be able to easily find where to park by exposing all of the municipal operated parking locations, which have been mandated by the national government uh, to become free for, for this initiative, as well as any of the hospital parking facilities uh, in the country. So we have essentially created a new filter uh, called NHS Free Parking. When turned on either on our website or uh, in the mobile app, will allow people uh, who need to find parking around the hospitals uh, to, do the, to do their job, be able to find uh, free parking easily. And um, so that's, that's kind of how it came about. Well, wow, so cool. So you guys are pretty much the encyclopedia of parking. So you had all this information. So you just used your, your system, your inventory to push this out. So how long did it take to get something like that rolled out that quickly? So, so Parkopedia today exposes not just the publicly available inventory, i.e. the parking facilities operated by the hospitals or by the municipalities, but we actually also expose private inventory that is either private driveways or some private uh, parking facilities, which are made available by our partners. So we work together with our partner, Just Parking, your parking space on this. And so Just Parking, your parking space are, are giving us their inventory of all of the private inventory available in the UK. So not only are we exposing over 10,000 parking facilities, parking lots, but we're also exposing over 4,000 private locations as well, which are near, uh, near the hospitals where uh, the individuals or uh, organizations have met, made their parking spaces available for the staff as well. So in terms of the timelines for this, actually, we moved very, very quickly. So we were approached by a British Parking Association uh, at the beginning of last week, and we had everything up and running within three or four days. So we um, put the final touches on this over the weekend and launched on Monday. So idea to launch took about six or seven days, so pretty quickly. Obviously, time is of essence, right? So we uh, moved as quickly as we could to make this happen. Wow, what a great story. And I like that you partnered with those private organizations as well for ways for individuals to give yep. back as well and help. So great story. How can, um, how can listeners learn more about Parkopedia or read more about this press release? So you, to learn about Parkopedia, you can obviously go to parkopedia.com. There is a dedicated website for NHS we've created uh, with uh, your parking space, which is nhs-freeparking.co.uk. And if your listeners are in other countries, are also interested in perhaps doing something similar for, for their national or their local uh, healthcare system, we would also be open to that. Obviously, this is not UK-specific. Technology works everywhere, and, and Parkopedia Tour provides information in 89 countries. So if there are other countries where this is an issue, uh, then please reach out to Parkopedia, and we can discuss what we can do in your country as well to help the uh, frontline workers. Wow, great, Eugene. Thank you so much. And thank you for what Parkopedia is doing. Thank you for what you've done for this industry. And have a great week, man. Stay safe. Sure thing. You too. All right. Next up, we have Kevin White, parking and mobility consultant with Walker Consultants. How are you doing today, Kevin? Good. Thanks, Isaiah. Thanks for having me on. 
Yeah, no. I mean, I think I've had everyone in the whole company from Walker Consultants on the podcast. You guys are all over this uh, COVID-19. I love it. Absolutely. So, Kevin, this episode, we are talking about positive stories, feel-good stories. And one thing I thought was really cool, we talked about in the last podcast, we had Brett Wood. He gave you a shout-out and talked about the uh, weekly virtual happy hour. Any and all are invited. I know you may have to limit it, but that's really cool. So what, what inspired you to, to start doing that? Yeah, yeah. So our first happy hour was on April 2nd. We had about 30 people or so, you know, and I think this is an industry that really thrives on relationships and camaraderie and the sharing of ideas. And I think, you know, in addition to having fun and taking our mind off of things, I thought it'd be a good way to maintain some normalcy during this time and really foster connections. So, you know, I think connections and idea sharing are going to be even more important as we look to recover from this crisis. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I can't wait to attend one. I missed the last one, but when is the next one? that listeners and myself can attend. Yeah, so we're going to be doing this every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern, you know, for as long as people are having fun. We're going to try to do a fun theme every week, things like dresses, dress representing your alma mater, wear your favorite hat, things like that. We're going to welcome drinks of all types, whether alcoholic or non-alcoholic alike. You know, people are interested. They can send me a message in LinkedIn or they can send me an email at kwhite at walkerconsultants.com. That's awesome. I will put that in the show notes as well, his contact information. And I can't wait to send one. Thanks for doing that. You know, it just reminds me, my, my children, they're, they're, they're doing school on their iPads. Um, even my parents are getting older in their years, but they're starting to learn some of this technology. We have a birthday party coming up and we're doing, doing it on Zoom. IPMI is pivoting to a virtual conference. So my question is, businesses are now this is becoming the new norm. They're realizing they can have relationships and conversations just as effective over video calls. So do you think we're going to see more businesses pivoting towards telecommuting and how will that affect uh, parking, mobility, and transportation demand management? Right. That's a great question. You know, COVID, I think, is obviously having a lot of effects on commuting and parking demand, some of which we really don't fully comprehend yet. And I think this is certainly one of them. Um, and all the transportation demand management work we do, particularly on university campuses, teleworking is, is a real critical piece that we push as far as reducing single occupant vehicle trips and parking demand and helping manage demand on a, a stressed out system, so to speak. And I think this is the largest teleworking practice test case experiment we might have ever, ever conducted. So I think a lot of yeah, businesses, absolutely. organizations, universities, they're really realizing that with all these tools that they can be just as effective. So I really do think we're going to see folks, some folks at least, remain at home after this crisis is over and, and really uh, universities and, and, and organizations really adapt to a new way of doing things. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it's a, as far as parking demand for a lot of our true parking professionals out there on the podcast listening, I think that's the balance there where I do believe less people are going to be on mass transit, at least for the near future, because they're scared of passing uh, germs and getting sick no matter what the disease is, and more people are going to be riding in sequel occupancy vehicles. But then the flip side of that is how many employees, students, et cetera, are now going to be working from home or telecommuting. So that's the million dollar question right there as far as how it will, how it will affect parking demand. Uh, man, spot on. Great insight, Kevin. Thanks for all you and Walker Consultants are doing to keep, keep uh, parking professionals up to date for free with your information on your blog and website. I look forward to having you back on the podcast to do a full episode because as Brett Wood said, 
you're the rising star of this industry. So thanks so much for joining, Kev. Thanks, Isaiah. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks. man. Have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Next up, we have Casey Siskin, Senior Vice President with Hawk Mobile. Back on the podcast, discuss a wonderful little initiative Hawk Mobile has recently rolled out. Welcome back, Casey. How are you? I'm okay, Isaiah. Thank you for having me back. Wild times we're in right now. Yes, no kidding. So we talked about Hawk Tap previously on our podcast. I believe it was episode 24. So be sure to check out that episode. It's great. But perhaps, Casey, you could give us kind of a quick explanation of what Hawk Tap is and how it works because I got some questions about this initiative that involves Hawk Tap. Okay, great. So yeah, Honk Tap is our latest product. It is a safe, contactless, touchless unit that you install in your parking lot. And it allows the consumer to pay for parking using their phone and not have to touch anything. And it, there's no app to download. So you either tap your phone to an NFC portion of it, or you scan using your camera or a scanner that you've already downloaded. And we're really proud of this product. We've launched an initiative recently. Well, just as this corona situation was starting to form, we kind of sat back at the company and wanted to see how we could help the parking industry because we saw what was sort of the writing on the wall and what was coming down. And so our initiative is to offer our product, so the Honk Tap unit, free of charge to anybody who wants to install them. And we really, truly recommend this idea of going contactless. Now more than ever, it is extremely important. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's what I read in the, the press release. You guys are giving away those smart signs for free during this time. They're not cheap because they have the NFC reader in them. They have the QR code, um, again, to push that contactless payment. So kudos to Honk Mobile for that initiative. And how can listeners learn more about that product or this initiative if they wanted to test this out? So there's a couple ways. One, you can obviously always get in touch with me, Casey at honkmobile.com, which is K-A-C-E-Y. The other way you can go directly to our website, which is honkmobile.com. And you can, you know, there's places there that you can contact us, sales at, opt out. There's a bunch of ways. You know, it's really important that we get the messaging out there that the virus can last on plastic and stainless for up to seven days. Not only that, but let's talk about cash and people with hypersensitivity to touching cash, kind of the lasting impact that this virus is going to have on us and not wanting to touch things if we don't have to. So when we say contactless, we mean not having to touch, you know, a parking meter. And that's either done through app um, or through our honk tap, which just really allows you to stand back, scan or tap quickly and move on with your day. So if, uh, if we really want to get that messaging out there that people don't need to touch things if they don't have to. Yeah, and that's what's cool. We talked about in the episode as well, but you don't even need an app for the honk tap. You just pull out your phone, tap and, and pay. It's pretty cool. But I thought one thing that was That's cool, correct. Casey, if you remember, we recorded this well before the outbreak in North America. Maybe this was January before this was a, a big concern. And you guys were already pushing that contactless payment, contactless avenue. So it's almost like you guys saw the future, saw the writing on the wall. So why, <laughs> why was that important to Honk Mobile to start thinking in that direction? You know, our theory was, is we sort of sat back and looked at the, the parking industry as a whole and how, how many people were downloading and using our app in, let's say, municipalities or colleges and universities. And we were sort of looking at that 30, 40 on the high end percentages. 
which left all these people who were not using the apps, which meant they were using either not paying for parking and cheating the system, or they were using the pay displays or the parking meters. And we really wanted to touch those people and reach out to them. You know, what we realized is not everybody wants to download an app all the time, but they do want the functionality of that. So that's kind of what led us in the direction of figuring out how we make it easier for people to not have to use these machines. So the contactless piece is just for, it's convenient, it's easy, it, it just makes life easier. Now in this current moment that we're in, it's important that us as the company, we've, you know, opened up to letting people access this payment system so that we can keep everybody safe. Safety is of the utmost importance right now. All right. Thank you so much, Casey. So listeners, perfect time to implement a solution like this. Get these smart signs for free while they last. Help your customers with the contactless, touchless payment solutions. They're going to love it. You're going to love it. Get at www.honkmobile.com to learn more. Casey, thank you so much as always. Stay safe and have a great week. Thank you. Yes. Enjoy. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll talk with you soon. Bye. our listeners thank you so much for listening to another episode of the parking podcast please leave us a review and tell a friend about our show it would mean a lot this has been a production of synchronicity media produced by me isaiah mal our music and score is by zona our show art and design is by the talented allison gilly you can follow us on social media at the parking podcast or you can find our website with bonus content at parkingcast.com thanks for listening we'll see you in two weeks This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, publishers of the industry's only soup-to-nuts textbook about all things parking. It's called A Guide to Parking, and several of our guests from previous episodes have contributed to this wonderful little textbook. Learn more and order your own copy at parking-mobility.org textbook.